0: The Pistons are the basketball champions of the world. It's time, Detroit. It's time. It's playoff time, Detroit. Let's go to work. I got to buff up, you know what I'm saying? Detroit, I'm all the way in. Detroit Pistons, I'm all the way in. Let's do it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode
1: of the Buffed Up Podcast. We are the best POD in the 313. It's here, folks. Uh, training camp, media day. We're here to talk it all with you guys today. and This is the last podcast that we will have in 2023 that is not coming after a Pistons game. So we we struggled. We struggled through the summer. We're, we've made it. Uh, we're recording this on a Friday night to the Pistons play in less than 48 hours. I know you guys are excited. I got Valley and Connie with me. Um, we're going to talk all things media day and training camp. So uh, let's talk Chris's basketball. Connie, I know you got some things written down, so start us off. What is the 1-1 one, one headline that you got coming out of media
2: day during camp? Oh, God. how that's, that <laughs> organized this? Oh, it's so, not? All is, right. The fire can you one, one? <laughs> <laughs> what's your 1-1? What's your top thing? What drew your mind, your eye the most, made you say, huh? Um, I would say that I'm, I'm
1: gonna come straight out the gate with with the heat. Uh, Killian Hayes has been terrific, and that Monty Williams has been watching him from afar. Um, that's the first thing that kind of like grabbed my eyes. I, I mean, like there's other topics I said that we will get to that. Obviously, I was like, oh, that's cool. But I think the fact that Killian Hayes has always intrigued Monty Williams, who who he says he's liked big wings uh, that can defend for a while, and he's had his eye on Killian Hayes from afar. Um. And told him that if you just continue to come in and work hard, um, you'll be all right. So, I'm I'm happy to see that um, have, Killian Hayes is still on this team and
2: um, he's caught somebody's eye as the coach. Go ahead. I have a question. Uh, when did Killian Hayes turn from point guard to big wing? Did he say, hey. oh, did he say big wing?
1: Did he uh, I think he said big guard. I said yeah, big I think wing. he just said big my guard.
2: Okay.
0: He said big okay. guard. <laughs> that,
1: that was my bad. I just came <laughs> off a of Kuka Hill. Uh, episode where
2: he was talking about
1: how Killian could be the backup three. That's where I got wing from. Um,
2: I was thinking about it. And maybe I've been looking at Killian Hayes wrong this whole time. You know, am I seeing him as a result of who he is? Or am I seeing him as a result of the situation that he's been placed in? He's obviously not a point guard, right? Like he doesn't have the, the, the processing speed. Like, the the ability. He's shown he's not a point guard. Like, not an anal point guard. Is he a wing? Like, is, Gabe said this a little bit last time, and now this makes me think. Like, is he a guy that is going to be a connected, like, an Asar Thompson light, you know? A similar type guy that's going to fill in cracks. Uh we really haven't seen that from him at all. He's always been a very ball-dominant guy. He doesn't really have much of an off-ball presence, especially because of his lack of a shot. But I thought he made some okay cuts off of Kate Cunningham uh, when they played together. Uh, I think he can be a little bit more of an off-ball guy, quick decisions guy. Like we said, if he can, if the point five offense clicks for him, and he can use those, like, passing skills, undeniable passing skills, in, like, some actual basketball, uh, It could be a spot for him. Oh, for sure. Um, and, yeah, maybe maybe Killian Hayes
1: as um, a shooter isn't it. But, I mean, there, there's plenty of other things that he can do um, to help a team out. Valley, your your thoughts on Killian Hayes getting a little praise from
2: his new head coach?
0: Yeah, and, and this might backfire me right here. But, Connie, you say he's not a point guard. Then what is he, you know?
2: That's, that's what I'm trying to uh, – uh, a
0: ball-moving wing? Because he – undeniably, you know, we've always said his number one trade is playmaking, and the other things aren't there, but I, I still can't classify him anything other than a guard. But it's, uh, a, it's I, not I,
2: I playmaking. See. It's like specifically the skill is pass.
0: Yeah, yeah. because playmaking. he is the track defense. That's why it's not playmaking. Sure. But – but but I do see what you say in like that wing role. Like I could see it like as an off-ball guy and then he'll just play defense. He doesn't, um, he doesn't have the handle to be a point guard. But I just can't give up on him being a point guard because that's what he is. He's been a point <laughs> guard his whole life. He's not just going to say, hey, I'm not a point guard now. Um, it, A lot of guys he, have to change who they are to survive. Yeah, and, yeah a lot of guys are yeah, a lot of things you yeah, have got to be something else. So yes, I was I was gonna give my two examples here. If you go like to Marcus Smart and more actually, let's go Lonzo Ball. Came in the league where his main thing was playmaking, you know. Um, he was known for having a good handle and really good playmaking ability. Lakers tried it, didn't really work. Um, but we've seen Lonzo Ball when he's been able to play for Chicago have a fantastic role. And I would I would have called him the point guard in that setup, despite him not being like a heavy ball handler. Um, and it's a similar thing I saw with Marcus Smart when he was next to those two great wings in uh in Boston, where he is the point guard. If you identify the point guard in the roster, it's him, but he's not necessarily always the one, like, it's it's heavy ball handling. Um, And I see a similar-esque role, like, the ball's going to be in his hands, he's going to be a threat to make his passes, but it is going to be more off-ball if that makes any sense at all. Like, it's the attraction of the other guys once he gets us in our set, but um, in terms of just being happy or, like, just getting some news about this, man, like, I swear to God, I was this close to getting off the Killian wave,
2: <laughs> and oh, I got man. pulled
0: right back in, man, you know, like a dangerous riptide. Uh, I'm all in on Killian again, once Monty Williams spoke so highly of him. Um guy
2: two threes. What's that? Uh, Lonzo came on when he started hitting three-pointers, and uh, Marcus Martin. Yeah. So- and the hope
0: is, I mean, he makes a, a decent jump. I mean, he is coming off a career best season, you know, like you can rip on him as much as you want, but statistically had his best ever season. And then we saw really? so many
2: flashes last North year shooter in the NBA. Best if you look at his statistics, at 10, it, 10, 10 4 and majors? 6 was Don't tell me. box score watching
0: 10, 4, and 6, statistically his best ever season. He played in the most games, which I think is incredibly valuable, a, a big learning experience for him. But we just gotta hope he's putting in the work and he can get in that right mindset and hopefully Montes can do that and I think that's what he's trying to do, you know, get him in that right place mentally uh, to see him perform. One,
2: one. I'm just my hopes are getting back up against the. It was getting a little too easy to shit on Killian in this podcast, you know. It's not fun if nobody's fighting against you, so I'm I'm glad.
1: But yeah, I think um, I think I, I heard a quote that said Killian said that he was. He worked on shooting and stamina this offseason. Um, it's a shame to say that he didn't to hear that he didn't say right hand at all, because I think that would also be important. But if he is better at shooting, um, then, yeah, he does fit into this roster as a guy that's just off-ball. Like you said, I did like how he played with Cade off the ball. I feel like Killian has the ability to be a good cutter. Um, so it'll be fun to see how he plays in preseason. i I, I was never, I wouldn't say I was off the Killian train. I, I would say that I was, I was, I, I think I had one foot in, one foot out. But um, I, I'm going to ride or die with him. Like, he's guy, I don't want to say that I chickened out on this one. So if he's if he, a flop, he's a flop. But if he works out, you're, then I can say I was. You lock him in now? I, I don't think I was locking it now. Nah, I think I was locked in a while ago because I say every time yeah. we talk about Killian, but, you know, um,
2: but I feel I'm, the- I'm happy
1: to see him getting pranked
2: yeah okay i feel like both of you guys were sort of stepping off but uh i think
1: i think that was just because i didn't want to be scolded but at a certain point like you know somebody can dig up some audio of me like hyping up killian hayes so like you know i've been on doc on on pod saying that i'm a killian supporter so i don't i'm not gonna jump off i'm not gonna jump off Um, um Um, but yeah, that was that was my one one headline. Um, of you got one you want to spit out, or I can um no, fire I another one off the top
2: of my head. I mean, like headlines, some some things of note I saw from uh with some things the guy said. Uh, one I thought was interesting was the how Stew is going to be used. Monty Williams was talking about it. He said he's was, he was shooting the three pointer a lot. When we talked about the three pointer; it's really required. He says he's really been putting the work in, and he can see it. Uh. But he also said that when Stu is being guarded by smaller, lighter, more athletic force, they're gonna try to attack a mismatch. Uh an advantage of like his immense like his strength and his size. Some really just like some classic four man play right there. Uh yeah. but do we think he could do it? I mean, his touch we talked about we talked about this exact thing last episode. Gabe was talking about it. The, the layups, the touch around the rim, it leaves something to be desired. uh it's an aspect of tossing it up there with Stu. Uh, then again, you know, he keeps aging. He's proven that his touch has improved from the three-point line. Uh, the reason I think he can't also improve his touch down low. I, I think it's something that we'd see rarely, but, like, there are cases where teams are going to go small. They're going to switch with Stu to stay, like, to keep a guy with Cade. And then, you know. Can, we, can he take that mismatch? Can he attack it? And then the, that would be huge, huge, huge for his game.
1: Yeah. I think um,
2: I think the the thing with Stu is
1: he's always been undersized, and he knows it too. And he knows he, he's athletic, but he's not going to be able to jump over everybody. So I think a lot of that quick twitch, uh, just throw it up there, is because he's like, I'm smaller. I'm going to get blocked, right? Now that he's going to be switched on to guys that he knows he's going to be stronger than he knows he can overpower. I think he'll be able to take his time more in that type of a group. Uh, Valley, any thoughts on Stu being um, posted up a little bit more against smaller, agile players?
0: Um, I like it more of a, in more of a sense that he's becoming more versatile. Um, I believe Stu said himself that he feels more like a four now. You ask him when he was drafted, he says, I'm a center, you know, and he doesn't think mm-hmm. twice about that. Um, but we've seen him such a come long, come such a long way from those rookie years when he just started taking a few elbow jumpers slowly got out there now he's a full-time four and he's in that mindset and Monty Williams knows it um however, in terms of just the efficiency of a play and a lower post-up a post-up against a smaller guy I I'm, <laughs> I'm honestly not the biggest fan Stu kind of like you said flings those shots up there and has a tendency <laughs> to miss them a lot um kind of rushes him. I think it, it could open up a pretty big avenue for him. Like if he does learn that, Hey, I'm a six, eight, you know, absolute tank six foot nine tank. These guys aren't going to be able to compete with me in terms of just the physical battle. Um, and maybe that'll, you know, open up a bit of a finishing aspect for him, which could be pretty interesting, you know um, with all that focus on being on him shooting threes, being a better finisher, could be really important, especially for a guy like Stu who took a lot of those flip shots, but um, yeah, yeah, why not in terms of, it, growing his game, I'm all for it.
1: And I guess while we're on the topics of fours, I guess another headline grabber was uh, Monty Williams saying he's curious to see how Jalen Dern plays as a four when other teams do go big. Uh, how do you feel about
0: that? Um, Do you mean do you mean the new Dirk Nowitzki? You guys see those shooting videos? <laughs> I mean, we all saw <laughs> them. I know you're not a huge fan of the form, Connie, but it, it's hard not to get a little bit excited seeing Dern shoot those threes. Um, and I do get excited by the thought of him playing at the four, but that excitement, it quickly goes away. Once I realize that that means Bagley or Wiseman's going to be at the five, you know? Um, but I would love to see it in certain situations. And said himself today, he thinks he can play point guard because he's feeling so good passing the ball, man. Um, said it. Yeah. if it makes a guy so comfortable, so confident, why not throw him at the four, you know? Hmm. Because it's best.
2: Nope. Is obviously, the center man. Like, he's such a good roller, elite roller. I don't. I don't.
1: I mean, I don't think that means that he can't roll on offense. I think it's just more of a defensive minded thing. You know.
2: I just I think, think he'll it, still be. It takes him away from his most impactful spots on the floor by putting another guy in those spots where he is. Yeah, the offensive first, rebounder. Offensive rebounder, the the primary role, or at least on the pick and roll with not, not another guy down there, a guy in the dunker spot where he's going to be a higher percentage than those guys. <laughs> like if you swap him out, like he, he – the, the the most efficient, the best player to put in those spots is him. Uh, and I don't know. The jumper so- – the of the top of the jumper... Sorry, go ahead.
1: No, no, go ahead. No, top jumper, and then I'll, the, I'll throw the, my thing The up.
2: top of the jumper looks all right. The bottom, he sways a little bit and gets out ahead of himself, but there's also a, there's a disconnect there, and there's like a hitch in his upward motion, and it's slow, and I don't think that's going in in-game. Like... I don't know. There was a there was an it was a, uh, a Rico Hines shot that clunked like off the backboard, a jumper from mid-range. I just, you know, I don't fully believe in it right now. And I don't think it's a part of the game that he should really be worrying that much about at least right now, you know. There's already there's an avenue for him to be an all-star this season. Like just to play in the way that he plays with the passing and everything, but yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, so I guess like going back to what you were saying about, you know, him being a roller, kicking him out of that, the spot he's best at, you would be okay with Jalen Durham playing the four if it wasn't James Wiseman or Marvin Bagley being the five.
2: Well, then like, why would it be? Why would he be the four? You know? I'm just saying, like, if you had another big that could
1: be an offensive rebounder and you needed to go big against a team like, I don't know, Cleveland or Minnesota, right? You would be okay with him. I don't know who that guy
2: is off the top of my head. Like, but I think in in spot situations, like it can't. I don't think it should be the 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 plan. Like, certain, no, no, not the
1: norm, but like teams that you need to go
2: big. Against. Teams where, yeah, or yeah, or teams that are really small and you have that. You you even double down on the on the advantage. But yeah, I don't know. Isaiah Stewart is a big. Is a big fella, you know. If I, yes. a, I, put, I I stick Isaiah Stewart on Cat as I stick Isaiah Stewart on uh, 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 Rudy Gobert, Jared. I feel I feel all right about it. There's a two big lineup right there, you know. That,
1: that... I don't I don't know about the Jared Allen one or the Rudy Gobert one. I feel like Sue gets swallowed up a lot of uh, against on, put him guys like of that Kat. caliber.
2: Cat's kind of soft. Yeah, I mean
1: that's why I didn't say Cat. I said Gobert and I said Allen. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm happy to see it. I mean, I know Stu's a strong dude. He surprises me a lot with what he can do against bigger, bigger guys, but, um, I'm, I'm not, I'm open to Jalen Dern at the floor, especially if, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to see what happens. I mean, maybe we'll see Jalen Dern at the floor, uh, in the preseason. Who knows? You know, I'm excited for preseason. A lot of interesting matchups, um, for us, uh, Valley, uh, we've been cutting you out a little bit. Your thoughts on Jalen Duran at the floor, uh, Stu guarding up. What do you think?
0: All for it. Um, I don't know. I feel like I kind of touched on a few of those things, but the Stu Duran bond friendship. You know, I'm all for their growth. Um, I think they're both eager to learn. Um, and so goddamn hungry to learn. And I, I, there's definitely just an incredibly competitive nature in between the two of them that's going to push them harder and harder to uh, further develop their skills together.
1: Oh, for sure. Um, I guess the next segue I got is this isn't necessarily from Media Day and it isn't necessarily from training camp. I think Gabe Riccani pointed it out in the chat. Um, but the Pistons posted a video on social media of Isaiah Stewart ranking uh, his teammates on how they would survive in the wild, and while that's all good and well. It's good for the fans to get in touch with them. That's one of my problems with the Pistons—they don't do stuff with that for the players. But the biggest thing I think to come out of that video is Isaiah Stewart says, "I, Asar Thompson is a part of the dog camp. Um I think that's extremely encouraging to see that. Like you know, he's only been on the team what three months, and he's already part of an exclusive club. But I, I'm excited to see Asar Thompson, Cade saying that. Um Asar's playmaking is underrated. And that's another huge plus. I mean when Asar Thompson is out there, it's another playmaker that you can have out there. And then it's not ruled out that our Thompson could be the starter come opening night. Uh we talked lineups over the last few pods. I'm not totally against it, but if Asar Thompson is in the starting lineup, uh we'll start with uh Valley and then we'll move to Connie. Who are you kicking out of the starting lineup if Asar Thompson is moved
0: into it? Am I being forced to do this? Yes, you're being forced. Because I wouldn't theoretically do (laughs) this. Okay, Um, okay. (laughs) But I guess if you're asking me to pick one guy logically from that lineup, kind of hurts to say, but I think I'd go Ivy.
1: It hurt me to say it, too, but that's what I'm leaning towards, too. Not because I don't think Ivy is a starting caliber player, but because I think Ivy off the bench is just insane. Uh, Connie, who are you booting out of that starting lineup?
2: Uh, I also hate Sigs. I love them. But I'd probably boot Stu. Uh, move oh. four. Or uh, put a star in at the three... I think that'd be a really dynamic offensive team. That'd be really fun to watch. You have shooting from the outside. A lot of playmaking. And, uh, yeah. I, that, do you have shooting? I think
0: I That's think my question. Ivy
2: can shoot. Bojan can shoot. Bojan better than Stu. Uh, during camp. I mean, but a star a worse than student. Offense. I mean, do you, 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 have, you run into the same problem if you take Ivy out yeah (laughs) yeah i mean it's like a catch-22
1: but i'm i think it has to be ivy i think there was an interview yesterday day before where ivy was asked if he's okay starting coming off the bench and he's obviously gonna be ivy and just say he's gonna do whatever the team wants valley said it yesterday is there a better person in the nba besides jaden ivy i don't i can't think of anybody he just seems like an overall genuinely nice dude who just, like, is all actually all for the team. A lot of players say it, but I feel like Ivy actually is it.
0: Absolutely. And he's so, like, what drives him, like, like is great, and it really fuels him, you know? Um, I don't know. I mean, this isn't, like, mean anything, but, like, an incredibly religious guy, incredibly respectful guy, um, has nothing but respect for everybody um congratulations to him again you know kid on the way getting married at 21 years old um he just seems outside of basketball kind of just like five years older you know than he actually is Um, on the court can seem kind of you know (laughs) a little like too reliant on the athleticism you know fly up and down and lose a little bit of track um but such a great guy and the work ethic we've talked about so much that's continued here um I think Monty touched on that he was kind of surprised at Ivy's work ethic, but you know, we're not surprised. We've heard all the stories. Um, he's got the Mamba mentality gene. Uh, great human being. I want to touch on Cade before you guys come back. Cause I'll be damned. You know, we haven't gotten around to Cade freaking Cunningham. Um, and what he said, he says again, such a great teammate. Um, his quote was saying, I just want to be a leader. I just want to be the best teammate I can be. I want the team to defend at a high level. I want to defend well from the guard spot. That's your superstar player. Like that's the face of your franchise saying, I want to be the best teammate I can be. After not playing last season, he's bugging to get out there. He could say, oh, I want to average 20 plus a game. I want to win the MVP award. No, he says, I want to be the best teammate I can be. And I want to play good defense. If that's your guard, your star guard saying that, like you just got to think we're set up in a really good situation here, man and
1: combining what you were saying about Ivy and Cade, mm-hmm. Sar Thompson said that his leadership stands out and he seems like a ten year bet, right? You're talking about Ivy playing outside of basketball, he's above his age. Cade as a basketball player is above his age. And we've heard that since the start. So it's nice to see that it's it it's still a, a trait that he possesses. And I'm I'm excited for Cade Cunningham. The revenge tour is gonna be crazy. Uh Connie, your thoughts on Cade
2: a uh, lot of good things hearing about Cade uh from all the people. I mean obviously no coach GM is coming out on Media Day and be like, yeah, dude's kinda ass. Thanks. Yeah, he's <laughs> not the guy we thought he was. Kind of boo-boo. Like you're obviously gonna hear uh that he's good and great. Um but He just is, man. <laughs> yeah, I I almost I just hear and around like Brian Windhorst having positive expectations on the Pistons because Cade's coming back. A lot of national media guys really in on Cade. I uh, I don't like it, you know? I love it. I, I want them to say, man, and I want, like, seems too good. You want the me.
1: Detroit versus everybody minded. It just seems to too be, good like, to be yeah. true.
2: I feel like the carpet's going to get pulled out from under <clears> my feet and I'm going to fall forwards or something. Like, this guy's going to start playing out there. He's the next Michael carter Williams. Like, th- I know he's not. He's not because we see who Kate is and we see him play basketball. But uh, I just want, like, I'm so giddy for this season to start. I just want to see it. You know, I just want to see Cade play well. And it, yeah, that's a good word for it.
1: Giddy. I'm so giddy. I'm, I'm like, <laughs> if there was a time machine and I'd only had one thing to do, I'm jumping forward to like Sunday. Like, I don't care.
0: No, it's um... a good. We have to be ready I got a team, guys. I got to jump forward 48 hours to preseason. Yeah, basketball. that's it. That's well, <laughs> what I
2: feel, I got I one. told you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like Valley <laughs> said, we're sick, of like it, man.
2: I, always, I just
1: want my I, basketball. Back. I'm going forward 2 days. 2 days. I don't care about nothing else. I don't want to see the dinosaurs. I don't care. You, I want to see Cade Cunningham in preseason basketball.
0: You don't, don't want to go like sense. 10 years ahead and see what this team built, man? <laughs> nah, man.
1: They got to save the surprise for something. Like uh <laughs> But, yeah, I'm super excited for it. Like you said, giddy for it. Uh, this this season, I mean, I just ran a 2K simulation, and we made the 10th seed, and we played the Knicks in the play-in. I, I didn't check. I was just happy to see you were in the play-in. Any other thoughts on uh, Cade, or we can move into an, our next quote that caught everybody's attention? I'm yeah, what do you got, Connie? Come on. No, I'm got, good on Cade. Like, exactly.
2: we've, we've gotten so much Cade content. There's nothing more that they can tell us at this point. You know, dominating behinds, dominating the USA Select scrimmages. It's like, what more are you going to say? He looks good. He looks healthy. He, he looks good. Um,
1: And Isaiah Liver said it, that when he bumps you, you feel it. You feel that he's stronger. Um, So I, I don't know when Cade would have been bumping Isaiah Liver's, considering he's been hurt. But, hey, if Liver says it, then I'll believe it. Um. And, uh a shame to see livers go down again. We kinda talked about it on the last pod, but six to eight weeks on a team where there was clearly gonna be a spot for him to, to take if it was if he was healthy. Um, but the kid just can't catch a break. Um any thoughts on livers or we can move into uh, a Joe Harris quote. <laughs> no
2: thoughts um, on livers. No yeah, thoughts on I don't
1: that's think so. The uh, but Joe Harris. Yeah, right. Uh, With Joe Harris uh, saying he he doesn't really care if he plays or not, It doesn't care how long he plays, if he plays, he's just here to leave this place in a better place than he found it. And I think, uh, I mean, it doesn't hurt that he's making like what $20 million, but you know, it's nice to see that he's not going to be like, you know, I I hate how I'm not playing. I hate this. I hate that. It just seems like uh, he's here to help, uh, which is nice to see. It's nice to see that uh, a guy like Joe Harris is, uh, Who's been around some really, really good players is willing to come in and lend his wisdom to one of the youngest teams of the
2: Yeah, he he knows he's not going to be he's not a long term part of this team. Like this, uh, this looks this looks a little bit to me like in a an Al Horford type deal where he's going to come here, he's going to look all he's going to look pretty good, I think, uh, with the guys around him, uh, and then he becomes an expiring deal. And it becomes much more handsome of a contract and of a player to a contending team. Uh, I think we could really be the Joe Harris rehabilitators, who's really at his like lowest value this past summer. I feel like, so we got him for the cheap. Uh, but I think the I think the plan is to turn him into something else, uh, which which is
1: crazy to say that the value is low because of players. StatMuse put this out on Twitter of players with a thousand three point percent uh, three point attempts. Uh Harris is at the top. He's above guys like Steve Nash and Steph Curry on uh shooting percentage on three pointers if you've shot over one thousand, which is crazy. Like, and your value was low and you basically stole him from the net. Um I, I'm I'm happy to have another shooter on this team, honestly. Valley and I were talking about it yesterday. It's just nice to have shooters that can knock down shots. Uh what else you guys got from Media Day and training camp?
2: Weaver wants to play 82 meaningful games he said that a couple times in his press conference he wasn't uh, he was pretty upset that the last 20 something games of the season for us were uh, not meaningful games and he he hit that a couple times that you know he wants these games to matter which to me seems like uh, he's trying to thinks this is a play in push at least.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love how somebody asked him, like, do you think this team can make the play? And he was like, what do you want me to say? No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Um, but I mean, I, I, when I, when he said that quote, there's a lot of confusion on Twitter and I'm like, it's not really that hard to figure out 82 meaningful games means you're competing for 82 games. You're not like we were last year, like bottom of the league, like have no chop making even the plane or even scratching that. I'm excited that he has optimism Um, like he said he came in and we had expiring stars on uh, towards the end of their prime Um, so and he's turned this around to one of the most promising um, youth uh, teams in the league so it does hinge on uh, Cade Cunningham who we recalled our linchpin so it's it's all on Cade's back, but there's a lot of talent on this team. So 82 meaningful game, I'm all for it. Valley is not only talking about eighty-two meaningful games, he thinks we're gonna win over fifty of those eighty-two meaningful games. Valley, come on. Give us some optimism here.
0: Do you want me to what, you want me to sell my, my case?
1: Yeah, sell your case, man.
0: Dude, I I mean <laughs> all right, we're gonna cycle right back to Cade Freaking Cunningham then, dude. Like he he's just the key to it all. He's an elite he's an elite NBA player. And the world's gonna see it. Um, do you want me? I don't know. Do you want me to go in a different approach? Like, uh, but
2: is Cade Cunningham a guy that adds 35, 40 wins? Yes. Like what else is on this? He he's a guy that adds thirty-five to forty. Maybe wins. not
0: directly. I think he adds double-digit wins. Okay, so we're he like, orchestrates like, things it's to it's other teammates.
2: Think like the other improvement that's bringing us. Okay,
0: I'll go with uh, head coach Monty Williams. Uh, I think it's a, it's a serious upgrade. I mean, his teams have statistically been. Top 10 in offense, like every team he's been on. Um, When Chris Paul was younger in New Orleans, like, dude, what a team. Um, You Chris go to Phoenix, <laughs> what a team. Who's the point Chris guard of it? Chris Paul. Paul. How many times have we thrown around the Cade-Chris Paul comparisons? Like, I just think he's so going to get the absolute most out of him. And the team is just set up in such a way to benefit Cade Cunningham. And it just, I, I don't, I really, I'm sorry. I wish we could go at a different angle of this, but it's Cade Cunningham what makes us take that leap multitude of factors coming in from the other sides, his teammates, the growth from all these players, how deep we are as a team now. Um, like it's, it's, such an underrated aspect. I don't know. I, I feel like I've said all of these things multiple times.
1: Yeah. 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 makes sense. Uh, any other quotes or uh, clips that caught you guys eye over the past four or five days?
0: Something caught my eye so hard today, guys. It just it just popped in my head talking about Kate again. Um, like I said, my my friend from Japan is visiting. I haven't seen him since eighth grade. That's when he moved away from the U.S. Guess the jersey he has that he whipped out and showed me today. Kate freaking go... Cunningham, number yeah. two <laughs> Detroit Pistons. Just That's like right? just respect, you know.
1: <laughs> hey, Valley, do you have um? Uh, that uh, that shirt that kind of rivals the awesomeness of the Cade Cunningham jersey. Show the viewers what we're looking at here.
2: Turn your lights on, man. This guy's in the purple room.
0: Hope this. I hope oh, this works. Is man.
2: that Buffs
0: on merchandise? <laughs> is that a for the office font. Yes, sir. Check the back. Hmm. Back up. Mm. Can't tell if it's on its background or on a shirt, man. <laughs> Oh, man.
1: Like Looks, that great. Looks uh, great, man. I love it. I love it. I know Valley is going to be at the uh, preseason game on Sunday, and he will probably be repping. If you guys are going to be at the Pistons game, make sure you DM us. We'd love to hear from you. Valley's going to go ask some guys, uh, some fans, because we want to hear from the us. We're the fans. You guys are the fans. We want to hear from us about – how You're feeling about the Piston season, so interact with us
2: now. also got to... on the street interviews,
1: yes, sir, yes, sir. It's with the be mini legendary.
2: mic,
1: yes, we gotta, <laughs> we gotta, we gotta get I a mini mic. mic, yeah, we gotta get a mini mic. Um, it'll good, be fun, mic. Uh, uh, Monty, I, I, actually, why haven't we talked about this? Monty's first game coaching the Pistons is against the Sun. Why haven't we talked about that? No, really, <laughs> it didn't click, it just didn't, it just like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, you think, I know it's preseason, but yeah, like, you think Monty.
2: Preseason game.
1: <laughs> I mean, you think Monty still doesn't want to go out there and win that game? I don't know. Um, it, It'll be a, a fun matchup for sure. Devin Booker coming home, Monty facing his old team. Uh, who's, Okay, let's do it this way. Who starts the preseason game? Who are the five starters?
2: I think Bogey starts and plays like 10 minutes. That's fair. And That's then great. the the other usuals, I think, Cade, Ivy, Bogey, Stu, Darren.
1: How many minutes does Cade get? I think he's going to be on like a twenty minute.
2: Yeah, like I don't think anybody's playing more than twenty twenty five minutes. This this shouldn't. Yeah, right? and but and, us
1: sickos are still going to be watching when it's like Sasser, Boheim, Tosan, Asar, and like Bagley out there. It's going to be great.
2: Cal Cal Calzon and. Uh, Cow, Cal, yeah, the cow They bone. tweeted a picture. The Pistons, the G League drive, tweeted a picture of those two guys, and they have the same haircut. They have the same build. They have the <laughs> same facial hair. They have the same, like, these dudes, like I, like, I actually had to, like, swipe back and forth, like, are are these the same guy? Am I tripping? And they're like, no, one guy has tattoos, one guy doesn't. Malcolm C- Casalon and Jared Roden, man, like. Yeah wins. Maybe they can power up together. So yeah. what
1: you're saying is Troy Weaver has the tight.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Troy Weaver has the type.
1: Yeah. Um, but I- I'm excited for three season. Uh feels like forever since we've seen Piston Basketball, even though it's just summer league. But uh, any other thoughts on training camp, media day, before we yeah, go? On one more thing.
2: thing. Just that uh, right. Nancy was talking a lot about it's a competition, man. Like this was a 17 win uh team last season so there's free competition for the for the spots for the spots to play it's like nothing is earned like you didn't earn anything from the way you played last year you're gonna earn uh your spot on this team and your minutes by the way that you play now like just because you were a top team and this is a bad just top pick and this is a bad team you're not you're not getting spoon fed gotta work um That's not like yeah that.
1: It just popped into my head. So I wanted to say I was listening to the Boyons, uh press conference interview because, uh, you know, we're not getting those until like days after they happen. So Pistons, you got to do better on that end for us, man. But he said that this was his first offseason where he really did nothing. He didn't compete uh, for his country or anything. Uh, he said it was a relaxing offseason to spend time with family and friends. I don't know how I feel about that for a 34-year-old uh, coming into his season. I don't know if that means he's going to lose a step, um, but I trust him bogey and his work ethic. Just wanted to know if you guys had any thoughts on that.
2: That'd be good for him.
1: It might be. Yeah, 34, needs some rest. Don't mind it. Um, but, yeah, 17-win season, last season. We still ranked 12th in attendance, so it'll be fun to see with the in season tourney, with Kate coming back, how high we jump on the attendance ratings this year. So uh piston basketball is back. That's all that's all I can say and I'm happy to say it. Um lastly, one more time. Any other media day training camp thoughts. Uh, all right, well thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Buffs on podcast. Uh like I said, uh someone's got a time machine they can lend me so I can fast forward forty eight hours. Hit me up. I'm all for it. But uh, until after the first Pistons preseason game, and Valley comes and talks to you guys on the streets, uh, throw the bus on Detroit because as I'm as high as that the future is bright.